today. And uh, years past, it's good to be doing exactly that again here today. Unbridled optimism for all the teams always this time of year as we get things started. Even if you're a realist, even if you're pragmatic, your head fills with uh, baseball seasons of yore, right? Times that you recall. I think about, um, you know, when you have a passion for baseball and then you read about baseball and then you watch documentaries on baseball and then you grow up and go into games with your dad and doing whatever that might be. You think about all the characters of opening day and the characters of Major League Baseball. I think of Buck O'Neill and the life that he lived and certainly the way he played baseball. I think about uh, power of like Mickey Mantle and the stories of Josh Gibson, the career of a Tony Gwynn, uh, who I was uh, you know lucky enough to, to see all of his career as well. And then Lou Gehrig and uh, Satchel Page and all these different guys right? these you learn about or that you were lucky enough to see. And baseball has that in a way that most sports do not. And you can you can kind of go tell the story of the game throughout its opening day history and who was what on those days. Some interesting numbers I'll have for you later in the day on who the greatest starters in Major League Baseball history on opening day and those who've had the most fruitful careers. You got a guess on Tom Seaver? Well, I was going to say that between that and the franchise, the Mets are, are notoriously good on opening day. Beyond that, not so much. Tom Seaver made the most opening day starts of any pitcher in baseball history. I believe that. Uh, 16, by the way. He started every opening day for your beloved Mets from 1968 through 1977. Everyone. He then started three opening days for the Reds, another one for the Mets, and he was with the White Sox opening day starter in 85 and 86 as well, even though he was 40 years old by then. Pretty crazy. He uh, he is the guy. You know, the funny thing is when you've got a franchise, and and you know this. I mean, Clemente will always be associated with Pittsburgh. In, Correct. And like when you talk about the Pirates franchise, he might be first. Pop Stargell's closest and nearest and dearest to your heart, but yeah, it's but probably Clemente, Clemente first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, at some point you get greedy, even though that is a legacy that it means a whole lot more than just baseball. At some point, you want the argument to be well. What about this new guy they got? What about this new guy? I think that's the most Pittsburgh Pirates player in history. And the same thing for the Mets. It's Tom Seaver and then it's everybody else. But you just, maybe this opening day begins a career of somebody else. And you say, now that is your franchise player. Pretty cool, by the way. Speaking of which, Major League Baseball has made it now so that everybody who is a rookie and who is starting their first ever opening day, if you're starting, you, you have to wear a patch today saying this is your first opening day. Oh, that's day. cool. Nice. Yeah, so when you look around the league, you'll see a patch on some guys' jerseys and not on others, and it'll be because uh, they are making their first ever career start on an opening day which is really cool. I like that. I have to tell you that I have not watched a whole lot of uh, spring training baseball for anybody this year. I, I watched more World Baseball Classic than yeah, I did spring around. training. Came around. So I am going to be taking in, like a lot of the country, the pitch clock and the hitter's clock for the first time. These rules about disengagements. Obviously, it's easy to know about the shift. That's I grew up watching an era without the shift. That, that'll be fun, even though they'll have guys as close to second base as they possibly can get. But just looking at that on the screen, the shot clock is out there in a basketball game. The play clock is always on the screen in a football game, especially inside of 10 minutes. Not used to that with baseball. That's going to take some getting used to this afternoon. Uh, well, on average, games completed some 30 minutes or so more uh, or less. Love uh, it. Thereabouts. Uh, yeah, in, in terms of total time, 30, 30 minutes less uh, on average because of the implementation of the pitch clock. Look, it's baseball with pace. 
uh, you still get the elements of the game that you love today. I think of all the, you know, the, the stuff that, uh, that we associate with baseball. We think of warmer weather. If you're from a cold weather place, you start yep. to think of this as being, um, you know, we talk about the hopes of uh, being outside a little bit more and, and going outside and seeing green grass for the first time in a long time. If you live in a major city, right, where it's been cold. I can tell you that being up there in Manhattan for spring break, they had snow the first day I was there. And then by the fourth or fifth day, the high was 42. It was windy. And they're walking around saying, wow, it's gorgeous outside. Can you believe how warm it is? <laughs> this takes it to another level, though, baseball season. Yeah, I can. Uh, I, I was going through my head and thinking about opening days and thinking about baseball in general and just how, you know, on a day like today where everybody has hope for their teams. I, I'm getting old, man. I'm 51 years old now. I've, I've watched a lot of baseball seasons, and there have been a lot of characters along the way. You mentioned my favorite of all time and Willie Stargell, and I can yep. remember being a little kid watching – Pirates baseball and watching, you know, the, the bat that he would roll over in his hand over and over and over again. I tweeted that out this morning uh, just because it was unlike anybody else's pre-hit routine. And it's it's famous. I did it when I started playing Little League, wore the number eight, did the bat roll before the pitch came. I think about those things. I think about Greg Wilson, seven, uh, Greg Wilson, Greg Maddox, 78 pitches mm -hmm. in a complete game shutout. That'll hurt your feelings for an opposing team. That wow. also takes about an hour and 50 yeah, minutes. Yeah, you don't need a pitch clock for Greg <laughs> in those days. You, you wouldn't need it. No, uh, it's remarkable. I think the, the best thing about that new rule is that a batter's got to choose when they're going to call time. So if you want to break a pitcher's momentum, there's you a strategy pick your spot. to it. Yeah, yes, you can't just yes. do it in perpetuity. And, you, I mean, anytime your guy was going, it depended on where you were in in the sequence, right? Whether or not your guy was on the hill or in the batter's box. If you're getting creamed by somebody like Greg Maddox, you're yelling at your guy when he's in the box, step, step out, out, step out of the box. Let's see if we can break the momentum. And if it's your guy on the hill, you're saying, you cheating son of a, <laughs> let him pitch, let him dominate. And now that's going to be more of the case. And, the, and there has to be much more strategy twofold. One with the batter stepping out. And then two, the disengagement if a runner's on first and he's a stolen base threat. Well, it's underway at Yankee Stadium if you are uh, watching now. These are the early games. Baseball, oddly, has gone away from the greater tradition. Yep. Uh, I do not know why. Uh, first of all, you guys can all recall the days of getting up giddy to watch Major League Baseball on opening day, and you could recall that there were like six games on starting at noon. You know, and and yeah. and it was now. Uh, the way they've done it for today is Braves, Nats. Um, they're, they're, they'll get it underway. Max Fried and Patrick Corbin. Uh, Giants, Yankees are the early early games, and that is Logan Webb and Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh, not too long after that, we get a two ten start time. We get, and I'll do probables at the end of the show today, of course. But for the games that are already started or going to be starting while we're on the air. It bears mentioning who those pitchers are. Kyle Gibson going for the Orioles. The Red Sox, Corey Kluber will go also in the 2 o'clock hour. If you're making your way to Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, most people are working right now. I get it. Most people don't have the day off. But if you're able to get off early and you want to come by here, the hot dogs will be uh, ready soon, obviously, yep. mm -hmm. as you can come on in with our opening day specials. Enjoy that. They've got the Vegas wall always. So as the games get started, They'll start popping up on the various TVs here. You'll also have Brewers Cubs later on today. And there are a lot of Cubs fans in town. You can really go to any city in America. And there are a lot of Cubs fans because of WGN. And uh, Corbin Burns and Marcus Stroman will be the duo uh, going at it there. Wow, Stro got the opening day start. That's where they are. He All did. right. Tigers Rays at 3 o'clock. Eduardo Rodriguez and Shane McClanahan. I'm supposed to say McClanahan. Uh, and then later on, we get the, the other games. And I'll be able to tell you those at the end of the show because they will not be starting while we're on the air so well, we have that what's crazy and to your point 
for example, my club starts when Florida State football is practicing. So I might stay for like the first pitch and then I head say out to you, do the day job. Say you saw it, right? To yeah. say I saw, yeah, uh, we're batting first. So I guess it'll be Sandy throwing to uh, Brandon Nimmo. But that is a game in Miami, indoors. So twofold, weather-wise, temperature, it's indoors. Two teams from the East Coast, a four o'clock start. What the hell's wrong with us? That should be a noon what start. What is wrong with us? And that should we be should be in the third inning. Open air. You should be ready to go. You should be able to watch all of that. We do have non-baseball related news we will have to get to today and talk about today. Caleb Mills is gone from the Florida State basketball team. We can all celebrate together as he has announced that he will enter the transfer portal. Uh, I am very happy about that. I was hoping we would have heard that sooner. I'm hearing three to four more others will be on the way. Let's hope we can expedite that process. That is a team that needs to be gutted, and it begins with Caleb Mills, and he needed to go. So that was at least a bit of good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, know, I know you're going to be careful because perhaps chief amongst the uh, those that wanted him gone would be you. That, that uh, <laughs> I will neither confirm nor uh, deny that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and speaking of the comings and goings, I think Leonard Hamilton's nickname this offseason should be Art Vandalay. Because nice. Florida yeah. State is going to be heavily in the import-export market. Both. We hope. You're going to see transfer announcements. You're going to see on the outgoing side and on the incoming side. This is just the beginning, and we will see what type of roster Coach Ham can put together. I don't know how talented it's going to be, but I know it's going to be tougher mentally than this last group but we had. It, it, it can't be worse. They just yeah. have the worst record in club history, so it can't be worse. So hopefully this is the beginning. This might be the first domino. I will tell you that. I, I've been, you know, obviously hinting that we thought there would be a lot of changes coming soon. I think this is the first, and then they can start to roster build from there as you get this guy out of here and, and you move on. I would, I would also note some football uh, news. You can go over to Warchant TV, warchant.com, and, and click on it and watch Jamie Robinson and other draft hopefuls uh, yeah. for the NFL as well, Pro Day. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a look at that as well. You got uh, – Aslan did a great job documenting all that. So It's been a busy day. In the spring, there, there are odd days here and there where everything is going at once. And so Pro Day is one of those. Florida State had a host of interviews today. Actually, I, I wrote this uh, – the article for the site on Mills, and I saw a note, a dubious note indeed, on Leonard Hamilton's tenure. Nine wins for Florida State this past year. The fewest for Leonard Hamilton since 1993-1994 when he had seven with the Miami Hurricanes basketball program. But uh, why was I writing a basketball article? Because we're everywhere. There was a, a Zoom for baseball today. Yeah, We yeah. got practice this afternoon. Got the remote right now. We're here right now live for MLB opening day. It's one of the great times on the sports calendar, April, because especially next week when you've got baseball, the, the Masters, Masters returns, yeah. And then the playoffs begin in earnest for both hockey and the NBA. This in October are the two sweet spots. And that's another thing that happens every opening day. You just kind of smile and think about what the next two to three weeks are going to be like. Hell, we've got the Final Four this weekend. It's just everywhere you turn, there is something of great significance happening in sports. It's my favorite time of the year. This right here is my favorite time of the year because of what you just laid out. All of that is happening simultaneously. You almost feel like you should just take a week off (laughs) if you were allowed to. Of course, we're in the business of sports, so we can. That's a good thing, too, to immerse yourself in the things you love. But you're right because next week is the Masters, and we want to watch that. And Of course, you end up thinking about uh, how much – coverage do you give baseball because there's 162 games so you got a long time and you got the hockey playoffs getting ready to start like you said and the yep. NBA playoffs getting yep. ready to start which my kids are really into uh and then of course we're still documenting what's going on in spring practice and what's been going on in spring practice has been really really good uh it's exactly kind of what we expected so far it's been physical it's been intense 
The competition is layered. It's at layered. each segment group. Uh, even within segment groups, it's not just about who's going to start, but who's going to back up for those reps, who you're going to have in the third, because that will affect decisions. I think we should all know that you're building more and more towards uh, probably at least some more names. We talk about Transfer Portal a lot these days. Well, you got to figure with Florida State building some depth for the first time in a long time on this roster that that will lead to some guys deciding at the end of this spring that they're not where they hope they would be and they're not going to be where they want to be, so they're going to probably leave. We've already saw it with Derek McClendon. We mentioned that on the show the other day. It's not a surprise. I think there will be more names coming probably within that offensive line group. I wouldn't be surprised if you lost a receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if you lost a running back. I wouldn't be surprised if you lost somebody in the secondary. So, that, you know, listen, that's not the, 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 the crux of what we're reporting. It's just that you got to know we're moving, yeah. I think, inexorably towards that. And that's going to be the case henceforth every spring camp. If you're good. If you're good, this is part of the business of, of college football. And and that's okay. That would even be the case to a degree before NIL and the transfer portal. Sure. You'd always be looking. And, you know, a lot of times there would be medical DQs before the portal existed. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And you're, really? He was hurt? Oh, okay. I thought he was just slow. Devastating. Right. Injury. Stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but that's going to be the case moving forward after all of these practices take place with the layered competition that you're talking about. It is a grind in the best way. I mean that in the best way to cover an FSU practice these days because every rep across the fields, multiple fields, today's a gorgeous day in Tallahassee. I mean, it couldn't be more beautiful outside. So they're going to be on the two practice fields. You just have to whip your eyes around from one corner to the other to look at individual reps wide receivers against defensive backs. And over there, there's run game, uh, the drill that we reported on heavily on warchant.com, where you got three against three. You see the likes of a Jared verse taking on a Jeremiah Byers, or in some cases, a tight end like Jaheim Bell or Kyle Morlock. And then over on the other side, maybe the quarterbacks break off, they do their own drills. Then you've got linebackers versus running backs and pass pro, which that doesn't sound like much, but that can get pretty heated. The heads up battle that those two guys, those two position groups go head to head with. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's all of two to two and a half hours, and it's a grind in the best way because every rep matters. You've got more talent on the roster. Yeah, the only respite you get is when we all decide to kind of maybe either write our stories, jot our notes, organize our information while they're doing excessive amounts of special teams. Yeah. yeah so when great. that when that happens, we we probably get all of our stuff done that it's, we need uh, to get whew, done. Okay, the first 12 periods, what do we learn? I will litter the show today with uh, baseball nuggets, if you will. I gave you one at the top, Tom Seaver, having made the most opening day starts of any pitcher in baseball history with 16. That's a ton, obviously. And all, by the way, Seaver went 7-2 and two on opening day. Um, and then you get Steve Carlton at 15, uh, Walter Johnson, and we get down to the old-timers. Wow. Roger Clemens had 13, by the way. Here's a surprise. Justin Verlander's had 12. Burt Blylevin is on that list of 12 as well. He's also a former Pirate amongst many other teams. Uh, and I won't go through all of these guys, but it is fascinating to see who did what and who was the best. And that's true of offensive players as well. I'll throw that in there in a little bit as well. If you must know, again, we are live at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. You're saying to yourself, I just got in the car, Jeff. I want to watch some baseball. Roll Appalachian 24-75 Appalachian Parkway for your GPS systems. Get you a cold beer, get you a, a hot dog, and maybe a little apple pie or something along the lines. As That's my tradition. But more importantly, watch the games here on the Vegas walls and enjoy the company of the fine folks making their way over to watch the baseball, amongst other things, golf getting started as well today in Texas. So, Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. We're broadcasting live from the Quarter Pocket Bar and Grill. Let's go. 
What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 hey we're back quarter pocket bar and grill is where we're broadcasting from today for opening days jeff cameron show on 93.3 real talk radio and warchant tv just now able to log in and check the chat and see all this. So let's get caught up on some of these. Any questions you guys might have about football, baseball, whatever it might be, feel free, fire away. Uh, there's a lot of work going on here uh, to make sure we get this all done right. So if we if bear with us, a couple of the commercials, weird things have happened. We're, we're good to go now. We're good to go now. Um, all right. So we did lose one, Tom. A, I mentioned it a moment ago. Caleb Mills gone. I think mm-hmm. you'll start hearing the names. The question in the chat was about whether or not Florida State uh, we'll have more and, and and tell us, update us on the transfer portal for basketball. We talk about it so much with football. But as you begin to hear names enter the portal for Florida State, I think I would presume that you'll begin to hear the other names of the people that they're targeting. We do know that they were looking at, or I was told at least, they were looking at four or five players yeah. uh, that are in the portal now. So we shall see. But I, I think you got to clear up roster spots and start the uh, – 
dominoes to fall and get moving from there. And then you'll find out more and more about who's coming in and who's not. Yeah. The accountability factor from coach Hamilton didn't just begin at the end of the season with an exit interview or press conference. It started basically after new year's when he realized, "Uh Oh, this is not going to get any better. And he said, I learned my lesson the hard way, but I've got it now, which to me means that the overhaul is most certainly coming. And that's what we can expect for Florida State. Has to or else. I mean, listen, you just had the worst season of all time for Florida State basketball. There's no other way to do this. You were allowed to come back. I say that he's earned that to some extent. I, I think certainly people out there can argue about that if they want to. But the point is the decision was made, but you can't come back and have the same roster. No, I so know that. And he said that, you know, the so many teams on our schedule this year that played Florida State were successful because they essentially just put together on a year by year basis a team full of veterans. OK, so if that's the example that impresses you and you say, I've learned the hard way, I would expect graduate transfers, redshirt juniors and above to be making their way to Tallahassee in, in pairs. Yeah. That's what you've got to be expecting. Now, they did get screwed this year to a degree, but even with an injury or two and Boba Miller being suspended erroneously by the NCAA for half the season, I think Coach Ham still knows that roster was not built the way they need to be in modern times. He's already proven once in his career at Florida State, which started in the 2002-2003 season, which is nuts to say out loud. But he's already mm. proven once that he could change the philosophy and succeed with that change. It took some time, it had some bumps, and it was close to being a dismissal, but he found his way. Can he do it again? That's the question. At this age, in his mid-70s, can he do it again? Yeah, and I think there's a, most of the people would put um, the money down uh, on the other side. I, I think most people would bet that that's not going to happen, that the turnaround's not going to be satisfactory. Uh, it, it's, it's minus money if you want to bet against him, I think, because, uh, again, it, it, it's not likely that you see a 75-year-old man uh, turn a program around that just lost the most games in its time entire time here. I think, but it, but it is possible with the transfer portal. This that, is the only thing that gives you hope. If there's an era you can do it, it's this era. And the question is, turn the program around. Define your terms. Does that mean get to the tournament? I, I okay. Think really, honestly, I think if you're an optimist, even the thing you would want to see. Listen, we we we, we don't live in dreamland around here. We're pragmatic. Florida State's not going to be on the cusp next year after winning nine games this year of going to the Final Four. It's not right. happening. Probably. Probably not. I mean, then again, people could point around to the, our Final Four currently and go, well, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people thought those teams would be there uh, other than maybe UConn. Uh, but, but yeah, I'll say this. I, just can you make the tournament? Can you can you finish in the upper half of the ACC? To, you know, I say just beyond halfway uh, up the standings there and, and make the NCAA tournament if you can. That'd be a turnaround. And I would, yeah. I would look at that as a success. And, you know, frankly, I think at that point, I, if I were him, I'd think about retiring. Yeah, at that point, you've got a choice. Yeah, and it's a good choice to make, which is, all right, I've got some term left on my contract, but I'm done. Or, all right, we've advanced it. We've moved it back to a position where, hey, if a couple of these kids stick around another year, then we add some more. Maybe yeah. we could have some real fun in my final year on the contract. We'll see. We'll see. At this point, though, it is clear, if it wasn't before, that Coach Hamilton is going to lead the basketball program into next season. Yeah. If, it, if there was yeah. going to be a change, it would have happened by now, and he's got a couple of years left on the contract. He's done it before. I jumped off the bandwagon just in time to watch him really finish the job <laughs> with uh, 2.0 of his yeah. tenure. What does 3.0 look like? Is it a flop or is it, is it a success? Well, it, one final thing on this, we'll move forward with the show because I don't think people are interested in talking about basketball right now as bad as we were and all that's going on with, uh, you know, baseball starting and in, in, in spring football underway and all that good stuff. But I will say that 
I think within the next few days, you'll have an idea of the caliber of players that we're going to be able to bring in. It is littered. The portal is littered with four-star caliber players or better. I mean, college basketball is a game of transfers. You look around the, the country, it's one of the reasons people feel a sense of disconnect with college basketball right now is that they don't they don't recognize the guys because they don't get to grow with them. They don't get to get to watch a guy come in as a freshman and stay through his senior year and become a special player the way that we did in the 80s and 90s. And so, listen, that's just the nature of the game now. It doesn't mean that it's going to have to be terrible, but I, I do think people are less connected than they used to be because they didn't get to grow with the personalities of the coaches and the players. Well, that's a multi-decade program uh, problem for uh, many programs, especially the higher-end teams. Remember, Kentucky was the first to really, in the in the blue blood class, do the one-and-done thing. Coach K copied that method, got better at it than Calipari was, and so then Duke became that. But Duke was the ultimate four-year story oh, always, program. Yeah. It was about development. You had a lot of time to hate their players. You did, yes. <laughs> and you say, yeah. that son of a is back again yeah. for another year? And he still can shoot. I think <laughs> part of the appeal for that 2020 team that didn't get the opportunity to go to the Final Four and or win the national championship for Florida State was, yeah, you had Patrick Williams, and but we were not going to give him back. Right. But you had – Man and Forrest yeah. and Vassell. Guys like, you watch grow, yeah. Through that whole period of time when they were uh, when the prominence of the Sweet 16s and the Elite Eight appearances, Florida State was kind of old school college basketball because you had a lot of kids that you watched go on a journey from raw and maybe not gifted in a certain area to well-rounded and tough-minded, in addition to one-and-dones, but that's how it was built. So I think in this case, unfortunately, you're not going to get that. Even if we have the best case scenario and Florida State makes it back to the tournament, a lot of these kids are going to be, you're going to have to check your roster to start every year going, who is that again? Who's 22? I like that player. Where's he from? I don't think it's good for the game, but I think it's the reality of the game. Aaron Judge has hit a home run for the New York Yankees. Did so when we were in commercial break. I should document. uh, By the way, I listened to the uh, Yankees pregame show on my way over here. Well, there, there are only two games on right now. And so I was flipping around SiriusXM just to check in to see what we could get in terms of pregame shows, and I didn't realize there were only two games to start it. And as I was uh, as I was listening, I thought, well, that's the worst pregame show in baseball. That has to be. <laughs> so it was the, it was the uh, FAN Susan broadcast? Walt, Susan Waltman, yeah, yeah. who's terrible. Yeah. I mean, awful. And then what's-his-face? Uh, Sterling. Sterling. Yeah. Who, I mean, what are we doing here? Well, he's, he's been around, we, he's been around what, a while. What are we doing with Sterling, guys? <laughs> Is he going to die on the air? Is that what we're doing? Here with Sterling? come the Yankees he, walking out of Monument Park. He was unreal today in terms of <laughs> got off. I mean, it, just long, long pauses. I I figured somebody was touching his shoulder, letting him know where they were on. It was it was tough. Um, no, I did not get into broadcast. That is that John Sterling, <laughs> Preston. <laughs> And uh, you know how much I hate John Sterling, so no. Unlike uh, the Braves broadcast, which we, you know, in a previous iteration of the careers we had on on a radio station in yeah. town, uh-huh. those guys are incredible. That was a great pregame post game. Was perfect. Yes. I mean, you know me. Look at what I'm wearing. I can't stand that franchise, but I love that broadcast. It was even handed. It was well researched, and everybody was not 95 years old. Well, you could tell the people that really put the effort into a pregame baseball show. That's a yeah, hard. It's I, tough. I will tell you this. Yep. You play 162 games, so you have 162 times in which you're going to be on the air to carry a one-hour <laughs> pregame show. And if you played on Thursday and then you're playing again on Friday, not a lot changed. 
one result. You got one result, and you have, you know, the same starting lineup going back out there. And you got the same manager's interview every day. Yeah, every well, day. And I, I, well, that Smith, is, we lost another one yesterday. Yeah, that's tough. You In the midst of a seven-game losing streak. Yeah. Aaron, so what changes today? Um, you know, like, well, we still can't hit. <laughs> Remember yesterday I said we have a problem hitting yeah. the baseball. Yep. We had two hits yesterday. 16 strikeouts, I might add, as well. I Sometimes mean, literally you can't even it. foul it off. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go through it as right because it's a long season. So I I don't envy anybody who does pregame baseball shows, but the ones who do it right have to put in an, a lot of work, and the Braves yeah. do a good job of that. They do. Briley writes, maybe Link will get things rolling. Ham will hit the reset. Norval meets crazy expectations. What a 2023-2024 could be. Well, your number one candidate to meet those expectations is without any question, Mike Norvell. That, that team is really good. I can't say it enough. The roster is pretty well stacked. You have one position group of weakness, in my opinion, and that's linebacker. Other than that, we'll see with special teams. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I think Kicker's I think, been eh. Well, I'm, and, and again, it's how much can you talk about kicks in spring? Correct. Uh, you can't. Unfortunately, there though, are you, days where they make two of three when it's on the line. And there are days they miss them all. I'm like, whatever. You can't remark this spring that, up, oh, guys, we're going to be fine. You, you, we are not prepared to make that. You don't have faith time. in Etsu, but I'm telling you, that guy is a gamer. He's waiting <laughs> oh. for things to matter. He knows it's spring. It's great that he hits the 50 yarders when he's all alone. He is hits he, them all. Is the he time. Ranger Rick? He hits them all. Because 11 time. on 11. Hey, yeah. he made him in games in the. Hey, listen, high pressure games at Etsu. <laughs> he hit some big ones in his time. You're just going to call him Etsu, which I like. I am. That's all I'm going to call him is Etsu. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, and and I would also I would also tell you that. Um, that team, because that LSU game is so important, will be the lead of every show of everything that yeah. any Florida State fan is thinking about at all times. Because it that game is so huge. If they win it, you've talked about mm -hmm. it time and again. But if they win it, you feel like they've got to get a get out of jail free card and a spot in the college football playoff. Like that's yeah. you would start to make those assumptions. Yeah, the path is clear to the college football playoff if you're one and zero. I mean, that's it. Full stop. The path is clear. Only you can get in your own way at this point. You have done enough, which is just so weird. But that's where we are, especially not yet in the expanded playoff with the four teams. But you land a marquee win for a second consecutive year over the SEC West, a premier program, SEC West champion last year. And we own LSU historically, too. They, they've got to be about tired of seeing the garnet gold. If you can handle business... Then that's all it becomes is scoreboard watching when the other power teams play for seating. And then also on our end, making sure that we take care of business. Because even if you go to Clemson a few weeks later and you slip up, no big deal, no more slip ups, but you use the card that's in your back pocket. Thanks to a win over LSU. It's an inverted playoff game. It's pretty cool. Really cool. Most opening day home runs for their career. Three players tied with eight. Ooh. You know, well, you know, all of them. You saw two of them. Ken Griffey Jr. Correct. Uh, Barry Bonds. No. All right. I won't do this forever. Adam be Dunn. Bad radio. Did you see this? No, I did not. It is Adam Dunn. Yeah, you're damn right. There we good go. God, that's a good one, Tom. That's the best you've done in a long time. Well, on because Orlando. that was well done. We played the Reds a couple of years when he and was there, Adam and I remember Dunn that note. Wasn't and, having it. and the Nats as well when he was on the Nats. Yeah. And then the third one before my all, time. You saw all eight, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all, I did. All, I'm sure you, I did. You probably quite literally did. The other one is. Kind of before your time, he's he's at the end of his playing days. Eddie Murray. No, that's oh. a good guess. This person later managed that team when Eddie Murray was in Baltimore. 
Sorry. Frank Robinson Jr. Oh, so Frank, Frank Robinson. Yeah, Frank sure, Robinson. Absolutely. Um, but that, those three guys. How about that Adam Dunn poll? You're proud. I'm, I am proud of you. That is really well done. Uh, if it were a guess for most stolen bases, uh, I think I would have it because I was on the wrong end. Us playing the Reds every year as well. Billy Hamilton? Yes. Probably oh, 60 in three games against the Pirates. He just <laughs> How about this it? era for Billy Hamilton with the expanded bases and the one disengagement? That dude would have 150 bags. That is also part of the rules changes in baseball this year. Bigger bases have encouraged teams to want to run. I have read across the board in baseball, those covering the game who've talked to managers, when they, you got four or five guys that can run. Because catchers are so good these days defensively. Yep, yep. I mean, everything is about technique and time perfectly and all those things. Good guess, Noel Dad. Ricky Henderson would have been a great guess. Um, but no. Uh, so the, the bottom line is they are going to try to steal. So the, the golden era of baseball, as we saw it, where they put the ball in play, you, the hit and run was a thing. You could manufacture runs. It didn't have, you know, the, the overwhelming percentage of runs last year were scored via the home run. Yep. And in a weird way, the home run, one of the most exciting plays in sports, became devalued, at least in terms of our viewing pleasure, right? So they wanted to do something about that, and they now, I think, have created more action on a regular basis. They ban the shift. They're going to encourage people to run. The ball is going to be thrown, at least, a little bit more consistently uh, faster than it is in your typical baseball game. All of that bodes well for baseball. Uh, yes, Tuffy Rhodes hit three home runs off of Tom's Mets. Dwight Gooden, he did. Tuffy Rhodes did. Tuffy Rhodes. Remember Tuffy Rhodes? No. I remember the three home runs. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. We're broadcasting live from the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill on Appalachian Parkway. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. 
Welcome back. Jeff Cameron's show on opening day as we broadcast from the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill on Appalachian Parkway. Speaking of which, I would note for you tomorrow. Tomorrow's the 31st. Tomorrow's the last day of March. Wow. Goodness gracious. First quarter of the year is gone. Go. March 31st, 7.30 p.m. Why does that matter? Casino night here at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill goes from 7.30 to 10.30. Table games, raffles for prizes. It's a St. Andrew, Andrew Society fundraiser in support of Florida State University Libraries. That's a good thing. Always support libraries. Wear a kilt if you have one, they're telling you. Wear one. If you the, got one laying around. The St. Andrew Society puts actually on. actually do have one. Re, you do? I have the Cameron Family Kilt, yeah. Oh, there you go. I've got to find one, whatever the uh, the Lang clan would be. or Sorry, the O'Rourke clan back in Ireland. I've got be. the uh, Cameron clan from Scotland. That's, uh, yeah, we're, we're Riley's, and uh, which that was Ellis Island. It was O'Reilly mm-hmm. and then also O'Rourke. At any rate, that's Ireland, not Scotland. The St. Andrew Society is a fantastic group of people. So if you can make it by the CP, their events are always second to none. And who doesn't love a little casino night action? Well, that you could do that for anything. You could be like, we're yep. raising money to, I don't know, collect pine cones. All right. Seems like a good pine cones. I like yeah, pine yeah. cones. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. 25 on black. Uh, most stolen bases three times on opening day. Uh, nine times. It's been tied with three, I should say. Yes, you are correct. Uh, Ricky Henderson, he did it bunch. Paul Mahler, Davey Lopes. Davey Lopes. And wow. Trey Turner in 2018, uh, because that's what Trey Turner does, Who and he'll do a lot now. Now a Philadelphia Philly. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Most opening day stolen bases in his career. Ricky Henderson. Of course, it was Ricky Henderson. I got into a, a fun discussion the other day with a member of the beat who also loves baseball, and we were kind of talking about, well, are there any are there any stats or are there any players that are kind of sneaky, maybe deserving of being rated higher than they are seen historically? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe you look at a great player and you see, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, he was a great player, but I wouldn't put him in the top 15 players of all time. Yeah, the answer is always Ricky Henderson. Because you yeah. could argue yeah. Ricky Henderson is a top five player of all time. So, I mean, if you if you really want to look at all the metrics, well, and you can argue that for Ricky Henderson. What would you set the over-under for Ricky Henderson's stolen bases and now this era with these Ooh. rules, expanded bases, and one disengagement? He'd push well, he already if he had, wanted to. Go back and look at some of the numbers with his top three seasons stolen bases. It's insane. He could push two and a quarter <laughs> if he wanted to. <laughs> I mean, really? Oh, man. It would be nuts, right? Uh, what do you think uh, Babe Ruth hit in his career on opening day? 407. 422. Hey, all right, all right. With a career OPS of uh, 1366, the old <laughs> 1366 OPS. Yeah, it's pretty good. Ted Williams also had uh, a 1366 OPS. And by the way, Ted Williams hit 449 oh my in God. his career on opening day. Uh, He pretty much hit 449 for his career. Yeah, 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 that is. It's nuts. It's weird to think about. That is probably the most wild thing I've ever seen in baseball. uh, You and I at Fenway with our friend Alicia looking at the red seat where he hit that ball. The red seat, the Ted Williams home run seat in Fenway Park doesn't make sense by today's standards, let alone the old days. I feel like maybe somebody's exaggerating out there at Fenway. I'm not sure if it's real. That's how amazing the distance is from home plate to where apparently Ted Williams hit a dead ball with an old school bat. Well, you can that they have video footage of that. It's not like he played in 1920. They have footage of that home run. That's what <laughs> you, you think. Not they, I'm not they, buying it. They know where the ball ended. They they, they filmed it. They, you can find it. You can, <laughs> it's amazing how things change even 20 years out, let alone 
from the World War II era of Major League Baseball. Oh, I get it. It's not two guys arguing about a stat that neither one of them knows the answer to, and there's pre-internet. So they just, he who screams louder and gets another beer wins the argument. That's not the way it is anymore. But yeah, no, they had, yeah, they were on film, I'm pretty sure. Anyhow, uh, it's funny to to note that. Uh, Jeff Kent hit 467 with five home runs. How about that? I'm sure he was a pleasant guy to be around in general, also Shoeless, on opening day. Shoeless Joe Jackson hit 410. Lou Gehrig hit 423, and Big Frank Thomas hit 400 with eight doubles. But none of them are considered the best opening day hitter of ever, ever. That it would be Richie Hebner. Richie Hebner, the gravedigger's son. Richie Hebner. Okay. How about that, right? What era is that? 60s? 70s. 70s? Uh, yeah, right. he, he was an all-star. He, he was not an all-star, but he was he had a, he had a really good career. Um, but he hit double-digit home runs. Uh, 11 times in his career he had a lifetime 119 ops plus he's one of those guys that gets uh forgotten about not on opening day and not on this program not on the jeff cameron show on opening day live at the corner pocket we remember richie hebner the way he ought to be remembered i just wonder if some folks are watching this program look we can't get copyright thing because it's just so small in the corner but you note behind you you could see like the jersey of the pitcher and you could see the lower part of the yeah. field at yankee stadium i wonder if people who are rooting for either the Yankees or uh, the Giants are just looking for little hints as to how it's going. But the little corner of the screen here at the corner pocket bar and grill, it's massive in real life. You should be out here. 2475 Appalachian It's Park noted Park. by our friend live spectator that Hebner did play for the Mets. So you should note, you should put some I'm, respect on Hebner's name. Yeah, yes. There are a lot of old timers <laughs> that played for the Mets, and you hear Gary Cohen or Howie Rose or well, Rich, to, Richie Hebner. That reminds me of Richie Hebner. Oh, my goodness. Well, Richie hit 458 with a 500 on base percentage and over 1,000 uh, OPS, eight doubles, a triple, six home runs in 12 opening days. He hit 1542 was the OPS, actually. Oh, my. Well, how about my man? Well, that's how you get to one of the best franchises in uh, history on opening day. You got Tom Seaver, which is a name that we all know. And then you got some dude named Richie Hebner who goes and ops is 1500. All things baseball, not all things all the time baseball today, but a lot of things baseball today. I will quiz you yet again before we go to break. I know. Ooh, I, think, right. I, think, I love you know, quizzes. You ready? I, but I think you, you'll probably get this. A lot of people would get this. I'm not trying to dis, Great. Uh, discredit you. Setting me up for being a No, no, no. no I, I want to know if you get number four and number five. I think you'll okay. get the first. Well, yeah, I know you'll get the first two. All right, you ready? Top five MLB team values heading into this season per Forbes magazine. The Yankees are number one. You know the most. Yeah. Okay, that was easy. How much they're worth? $7.1 billion. Almost as much as Steve Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. $7.1 billion for the New York Yankees. Who's number two? The Dodgers. That is correct. Right. Crew out here at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill guess Dodgers. You guess Dodgers. That is right. But it's significantly lower than the Yankees, and that kind of surprised me. They're worth $4.8 billion, well behind the $7.1 billion of the New York Yankees. a little less than half of Steve Cohen. There you okay. go. All right. Who's third? Team values in Major League Baseball heading the into the 2020-23 season. The Cubs? Tom guesses the Cubs. You're both wrong. It's the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> At $4.5 billion. Yeah, Cubs were number four. You guys right, were ready. Right. Yeah, Cubs were number four at 4.1. And who's the fifth most valued team in Major League Baseball? This one was one that surprised me. I, don't, I, I, I was not going to guess this one. I don't know. Maybe it's because of recent success. Is it Houston? It is not. Okay. Though I like your guess. Any you other, make me keep else? going. No, that's it. The Giants. 
Really? The San Francisco Giants are worth $3.7 billion, and they're number five on that list. It should be worth a lot less. The rent of that ballpark alone out there has to be absurd. Well, it, winning three World Series championships in about a, what was it, a six, seven-year period? Six year yeah, period. yeah, that's uh, that, that'll do a lot for your franchise, and that ballpark is breathtaking. So uh, it's not quite PNC Park, but it's no. a very nice park. It's Jeff Cameron Show broadcasting live from Quarter Pocket Bar and Grill. Come back, wrap up the hour in a moment. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Broadcasting live for the Quarter Pocket Bar and Grill here. Appalachian Parkway, the location, if you're wondering, and you're getting off work, swing on by and have a lot of fun here at the Quarter Pocket as baseball games begin to populate, if you will, um, mm -hmm. on the big screens behind us. Of course, they have the Vegas wall here at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. So as the games get underway, you don't have to miss any of them. Should be good to go. Uh, were you surprised? Short segment here. So I'll, I'll steer away from baseball for a second before we get into our second hour. Uh, I, I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised, but I'm wondering if you were uh, that Mike Ravel addressed the Derek McClendon situation. It seemed to be overly positive uh, or overwhelmingly positive. I, I don't know that. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that I, I don't know. It's I think that they're expecting more of these. And if a guy played hard, you could be disappointed that that's the decision that he made, but you could also understand it, I guess. I think it's awfully useful in that moment that McClendon had completed his undergraduate studies at Florida State and was able to enter the portal. Because right now, you're technically not allowed to enter the portal right now if you haven't completed your undergrad in college. Now, if you graduated, you can enter whenever the hell you want. So that's why Derek McClendon is allowed to field offers at present. Uh, I don't know that the answer would have been as smooth 
if he still had work to do on his transcript. <laughs> he still had to work to he had still work to do academically. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But you know, he's a graduate. I'm proud of him. Like, nice job. That is that is the way to pivot and get out of the situation because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Just, I mean, you could speculate however you want out there. The kid started spring practice here, so if he had never been on the field and been practicing and interviewed by the media. This would have seemed a lot more natural of a choice for him to make, but something happened. It had to have. Why would you stop in the mid-flow of, of spring camp? Doesn't make sense. Well, I, I'm going to always assume in the era of NIL that if you go and bring in a player at the same position, yeah, which is what Florida State did, they brought in the transfer from the NIL. Gilbert Edmond. Gilbert Edmond, defensive end from South Carolina. If you look at Gilbert Edmond and you look at Derek McClendon, they're the same weight and height, in essence. Yep. Yes, they are. I mean, almost, Eerily so. almost exactly the same. Yeah. Okay, so my guess is certainly he didn't come free. Gilbert got paid to come here, which is legal. That's the AL world, right? So he does. And Derek McClendon at that point, probably, like so many. This is what I speculated with, down at Miami. This is why you got to have your house in order, is if you value a player a certain way, and you have to have already done that. You'd had to have already done the math. Then you go out and you bring in another player and you pay that player. Yep. The other player that exists on your roster is going to ask for money. He's going to say, wait, wait, I'm the same player. I've been here. You just gave that guy money. Well, I want his money. But if you don't value him, yeah. then I'm talking about actual value the in thing, terms of money. Correct. You, yes, correct. If you don't, then you have to stand by your guns and say, no, we're not going to do that. Well, that's going to lead to hurt feelings. It is. It's and the spring of hurt feelings. My assessment of that would be that they looked on film. They thought that, all right, this guy's the same size, same eligibility, but he's a better player. And so we're going we're going we need to go get this guy to improve our roster because he's better than what we have in front of us. Yeah, well, that is. That's a tough deal. That That's a tough thing to hear or or indirectly so see if you're Derek McClendon oh really they're going to bring in basically me I don't see a difference they must and they're going to pay him ouch yeah well what's going to be interesting is they had to have believed that Patrick Payton and maybe somebody else on the roster was going to do a better job of setting the edge that okay we know we have a guy that can rush the passer and Patrick Payton but the next step for him would be to set the edge against the run yeah because Derek McClendon could do that Yes, Derek McClendon did that well. He's not a bad football player. What Derek McClendon didn't do well, or at a plus level, is rush the passer. Right. Okay, so that's why they brought in Gilbert Edmond, because they believe he's more athletic and that he'll do a better job of rushing the passer. It's got to be. Yeah. Well, it, oh, that's the only reason you would do it. Yep. So is Florida State better without Derek McClendon? Uh, no. No, I don't think they are. But is it the end of the world? No. And can you understand it? Maybe. I don't know what Derek McClendon asked for. We'll never know that. I don't know what he did. He come to them and say, I want $400,000. Well, then you got to let him walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just, these players have valuations connected to them. And if they come in and ask for something double they're making or anything like that, you're going to just have to roll your eyes and say, have a good day. If you can get that elsewhere, do it. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron, broadcasting live from the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.